On this week's Graze the Rim, it's our first post-trade deadline episode, so we take a look at the biggest winners and losers after the dust has settled on a crazy trade deadline. We also talk some NCAA tourney updates and end by splashing or passing on our favorite basketball news from the last week. Let's do it. Alright, we're back. We are live. Welcome to the Graze the Rim podcast. It is the week of March 31st. This, of course, is an NBA podcast hosted by two former teammates, myself, Robbie Thomas, and Seth Curran, my co-host. Rob. And Seth, uh, I'm telling you, I am no longer going to categorize the level of basketball that we played at. I'm just going to say we were once teammates. So I'm just going to mention we were teammates in the same sentence that I used the word NBA and let people's imagination Ooh. run wild. We're not going to confirm or deny anything about the level of competition we played at. Basketball teammates. That's right. And in an is, NBA podcast. That's right. Good. Uh, so once again, we are going to start this NBA podcast by talking about college basketball. <laughs> so give a little NCAA tournament update. So we're recording this on Tuesday, the 30th. And so we're, we are before the second round of Elite Eight games. They're happening later tonight. So we don't know... The other half of the final four, we know who is it, Baylor and Baylor Houston, Houston we got, are yep. in. Yep, we're still winning on the other side of the bracket. Um, so where do you want to start uh, with that, with the update? Let's start with there is still a chance of one double-digit double seed making the final four. That's true. We lost Oregon State uh, this past weekend, uh, but number 11 UCLA. Still, still around at so least th- until tonight. We don't know. I'm going to. I'm going to give you a controversial take about this. Actually, Seth. Oh boy, I am. I don't know why I am this way, and I I love a good upset. You know that's what makes March Madness fun. Love a good Cinderella story. But at a certain point, I like the good teams to win. Like when I'm when I'm the team that I'm rooting for is no longer in, which happens a lot earlier than I'd like, just about every year. Um, I like it to be good games. And shout out Oregon State who gave us a great game. But it looked like like they had to claw back into that game against Houston. Right. When it's just like the way my brain works, when I see a 12 seed in the Elite Eight getting blown out, which they were for a time, I, I roll my eyes thinking, oh, they don't deserve to be there. Even though, like, like that happened three rounds ago. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they were just lucky to be there. Even though, you know, I'll look at like Creighton got blown out by Gonzaga and oh, they whoa. were, well, 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 they were, Creighton deserved to be there. They were five seed. Happy seeds. to be there. Well, well, they were five seed. They didn't have to beat anybody, they didn't have to upset anybody to get there. And even though they got blown out, I was like, well, Gonzaga is just a good team. But if the same thing happened to like a 12 or 13 seed, I would be mad that I was robbed of a potentially right. good game because it was a fluke that the team got there. So I don't know. Like, like I'm kind of rooting not for UCLA because it, it, I like in my head better if it's like a lot of high seeds in the Final Four. I feel like that's a little more prestige. Especially yeah, but like, doesn't the, I just, does the name do anything for you, though? Like. UCLA. No, it's a, it actually does oh. less for me because oh. they're like, if it's like an 11 seed like Loyola Chicago, yeah, I'm in. You know, it's a once in a lifetime thing for that school. Well, maybe. I don't know. They're pretty good this year. But, you know, you like, who cares if UCLA has an 11 seed? Like, this is not UCLA's, one of UCLA's best 20 teams. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I don't care. I don't care about them being 11 seed. I would like, I would like to see a Gonzaga, Michigan. The, the last I would too, right? Seeds. That sounds way more exciting than yeah. Gonzaga, UCLA, even if. Gonzaga usually might be a great game. And also, I'm already penciling in Gonzaga. 
Yeah, no, I sharpied it in. Right, right. Good. Uh, I I kind of already sharpied the Gonzaga Baylor matchup we've been waiting for. Uh, I would love to get that earlier this year. Right, right. It got uh, COVID did out earlier this year, um, and those were the two undefeated teams basically all season. Baylor ended up losing towards the end of the season, but they what were the a game two best team be. all year. Yeah, yeah. Specifically in the games, not really Sweet Sixteen into the Elite Eight. We're not done with the Elite Eight yet, like we said at this time, but not really any great game or not many great games like a lot of games that were not really close one of the right. games that was awesome was the overtime game between alabama and ucla and yeah. we have to shout out a player that will not be named for alabama because i'm sure he's heard it enough but there was so it's down alabama was down one with like like what like 15 seconds left i don't remember almost no time left down one the guy gets fouled shooting two free throws and misses both of them to put his team up. So they ended up, LBM ended up tying the game going to overtime. So it's not all on him. But Seth, I got to say, you would be very hard pressed to find a more nightmare scenario for a basketball player than missing two terrible. free throws costing your team the game. Yeah, and it took a, like a like a logo three at the buzzer to push it to overtime. Yeah. Uh, which took the blame off of him. But I can't imagine there's a worse feeling. Yeah, yeah he's never going to forget it, which yeah. sucks for him. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now, had they come uh, back in overtime, won the game, it would have all been forgotten. Yeah, no one, no one, no one would remember. Yeah, but you had a chance to kind of take the lead there and potentially put it away. But um, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it's tough. Feel for him. Glad I'm not him. Yeah, and because people are relentless on social media to college yeah. athletes. Yeah, I'm sure, I, I haven't. Checked, That's why I didn't sure want to getting torn apart. Don't look up his name. If you remember, we'll his not name, give you forget the information it. to look up his name. That's right. Uh, I'm excited to watch the Elite Eight tonight. We did we did last episode. We we bet we didn't bet anything, but we bet on the Creighton Gonzaga spread, which was thirteen and a half. And oh, boy, I never lacked any confidence that Gonzaga <laughs> was going to cover. That was a comfortable win for Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, happy to be there. Let me just say that. Yeah, no, I they, mean, no one expected just, anything of them too. So they just looked every position on the court. Overpowered. Really, what's uh, the Sadoransky? That's the point guard's name. Creighton's point guard. No, Zagorowski. <laughs> ah, close enough. Um, something like that. He was the only guy that looked like he belonged for Creighton. Yeah. So they hit. Uh, it was like halfway through the second half. They had, I think, five threes, and he had four of them, or they had four threes, <laughs> and he had three of them. Right. Like, for Creighton being this offensive juggernaut that they're supposed to be, picked a really good game, a really bad game to, uh, mm. to not shoot well. Right. Uh, but Gonzaga's really good. And like we said, I, I already have him in the Final Four. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the Baylor-Gonzaga game with you next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> next exactly. time we're on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. So, moving on to NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some games from this past week. Let's start with the Nets-Pistons game. Blake's return to Detroit. Nets win in a 113-111 game. I'm kind of sick of Blake on the Nets already. Yeah, he boy, he didn't do anything for me. The attitude he was showing his his former teammates. I will right. say, um, Bill Simmons, who I don't know, have we mentioned Bill Simmons on the podcast? I don't think somehow we haven't. Well, Bill Simmons, who I hate, that was my note on him. Mm. Part of the reason I hate him is because you know he's on the Ringer. He does the Bill Simmons podcast, which is really good NBA content. But yeah. Bill Simmons is so unabashedly a Celtics fan, mm-hmm. and and not even in a way. Where like he doesn't care about being unbiased, like he's just very pro his team and doesn't care when it like he. It's not like he's coming out across as a diehard, you know. I hate you if you don't like my team kind of way. Like 
Like he operates with the understanding that the Boston Celtics are the best thing to happen to organized sports. And so he's professional and he's a good speaker, but he just assumes with every conversation, every topic, how can I tie this back to the Celtics? Because that's what everyone wants to hear, right? You could take everything that features Bill Simmons, his podcast, The Ringer, everything that he's in, and just change the name of it so it's a Boston Celtics podcast or a Boston Celtics show. And you wouldn't have to change any content and it would be good. It would make sense because he talks about the Celtics that much. And I I am tired of it. But anyways, that's not why I'm talking about Bill Simmons right now. <laughs> On said podcast, his podcast, when the Blake Griffin trade went down, or the Blake Griffin buyout went down, they it was Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, and they kind of brought it up in passing and were like, uh, yeah, Bill, uh, Blake Griffin to the Nets, who cares? He's bad. And Bill Simmons said, this is a test if you've watched any NBA basketball this year. Because if you have, you would see how bad Blake Griffin's been on the Pistons and how he's not going to affect the Nets at all. Well, let me tell you, Mr. Simmons, I watched this NBA game and Blake Griffin looked pretty good in this game. I think yeah, he had 17 points. 17 points in 20 minutes, including two of two from yeah. three. And he's not good defensively, but that fits right in with that team. But he works hard. That's what I've noticed about him. He's diving for loose balls, yeah. getting on the floor. Um, and if you're only playing 20 minutes a game, why not? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, he he kind of st- stared. St- uh, what's the past tense of stare? Stared. I stared. Yeah. Store. Yeah. Okay. He st- st- yeah. He did that to the to the Pistons bench after uh, catching a lob, mm-hmm. and then he kind of got an elbow to the jaw match with uh, for, uh, rookie Isaiah Stewart, his old teammate. Stewart ended up getting a flagrant two and kicked out, and Blake got a technical. But it was just it was a chippy game, and I don't know. I I don't like. I don't like Blake acting like this tough guy now that he's on one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, he's really uh, leaning into, well, we're the bad guys of the NBA role, so might as well be a dick. I guess he's got that down. That's the thing. That's that's really the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. This was interesting. The night after the trade, I think this was two nights after the trade deadline, uh, Raptors and Blazers played each other, which was right after they had swapped players, Norman Powell and Gary Trent. Uh, were traded for each other. Rodney Hood was in the deal as well. But did you see this, Robbie? That Norman Powell lined yes. up on the wrong side yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Jump ball. This is this is a this is a good guy playing his former team. But I like this. This is fun. Yes. This the the most exciting thing of the week was okay. was about the Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously. And this is actually incredibly impressive, Rob. They <laughs> they closed the game against the Rockets on a twenty-two to zero run 22 to zero over the final i think it was 6 30 of the game how does that how does that happen yeah the the rockets not scoring for seven minutes is something to behold not something you'll see often but these rockets continue to defy expectations that is true they were down 74 to 48 at halftime so um there's that yeah i well speaking of timberwolves so this is their 16th game since their new coach chris finch was hired and it's it's such a weird hire with midseason. It came from a different team, and it's still really early. But how do you feel about the hire so far? I love it. The, I, so they played the Nets last night, and it came down to the wire, which which is a very lo- low bar. You know, this team's showing effort now. Very low bar, but they're doing it, which is something they didn't do previously. Now, they still haven't had D'Angelo Russell back. Blake Be- Beasley's been back for two games, so they're still working those guys in. Neither of them have even played for Finch yet. So, it's still a work in progress, obviously, but 
the losses are going to continue to pile up. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, it's it's sixteen games with Chris Finch. They are four and twelve in that those sixteen games. He's still looking for his fifth win, and it's hard not to compare him to the only other midseason hire this year, which is the <laughs> Hawks hiring Nate McMillan. And it took him took Nate McMillan five games to win five games. And 16 games later, Chris Finch is still looking for his fifth win. So we might update you when he hits that milestone, a big milestone in the coach's career. Okay, but hold on. Let me let me get back to this real quick. The Rockets, they, so they played the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, they won okay. 107-101. Right, right. The Rockets went 0 for 14, including 0 of 6 from 3, the final 730 of the game. Now, the Rockets ended up losing this game. And now since it's 20, it's the 2020-2021 season, they're doing back-to-backs, you know. Right. They played the Rockets again the next night. And they get destroyed by 20, but they were down 34 for part of the game. So mm. um, that is the Timberwolves. So that is Some the nights you get efforts. Yeah. Some, sometimes you get efforts. Sometimes you don't. Right. And sometimes effort doesn't matter. Exactly. Most okay, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Kings beat the Nets 198. No. No. Kings beat the Cavs. Yes. <laughs> they did. I wish they did. Mm. Kings beat the Cavs 198. This game included three straight game-winning buckets. Darren Fox. What do you mean? And oh, listen, well, Darren Fox okay. gets an and one to take the lead, right? With six seconds left, Colin Sexton sprints down the floor, attempts a layup. Rashawn Holmes smacks it off the glass, although they reviewed it and called a goaltend. So the Cavs go up one with one point five seconds left. Full court, Darren Fox chucks it down court to Harrison Barnes, who has a fallaway three, just as the buzzer goes off. Three straight game-winning shots. In a matter of like six seconds, it was awesome. That's now, okay. The that crazy, is cool. The, yeah. The crazy thing about this though is the Kings have now won five in a row, and they are only one game out of the play-in tournament, right behind the, the Warriors. That I didn't is think crazy. I'd be saying those words. This is what I told you. I, I wanted to bring this up last week, and the stats I got were from last week. But this is the effect of having a play-in game, having ten spots as opposed to the normal eight. So, like, compare this year to last year, or every other year, where there's only eight teams to make the playoffs. So at the time again, last this was last week. I got the stat. I just forgot to bring it up. At at whatever time last week, the eighth seed in the West was Dallas, who was twenty two and nineteen, and without the playing game, the Kings, who were at the time eighteen and twenty five, and were sitting at thirteenth place. Normally, they would have to jump four teams and dig out of a five game hole to make the eighth seed, right? Yeah. But now with the playing game, the tenth seed is nineteen and twenty three. You only have to jump two teams, you know, only a couple games. Much more manageable, and I think that's why the Kings. They, I think, they're much less tempted to sell at the deadline because the ten seed is way more manageable. It's way more in sight than the eight seed. So I think just in the future, around the trade deadline, it is going to be a seller's market just about every year because yeah, not just the two extra teams bringing the playing game, but you know the eleventh and twelfth team like the Kings that see themselves as oh we can make a jump and get into the playing game, and so that's what the Kings are doing. They held on to Harrison Barnes. They held on to. But he healed. I don't know if he was really in the trading rooms, but yeah, they held on to their guys. They're winning some games, and now the playing game is in sight. I mean, yeah, there's like a legit five teams that have no playoff hopes. And that's it. Everyone else yeah. has, still has a chance, yeah, yeah. at least of of getting in. Crazy. One more I got here. The Sixers came to L.A. to play the Lakers. Dwight and Danny Green finally get their championship rings, and then Dwight being Dwight gets ejected at the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And Danny Green, being some other guy, scores 28 points. Can't miss. Goes 8 of 12 from 3. Something he has never done in Los Angeles before. 
Yeah, I'm kind of I'm tired of it. I'm not, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's whatever. I mean, if you wanted to be on the Lakers, he would not suck last year. If you wanted to be good on the Lakers, I I, I will. Speaking of the Lakers, so I mean, they look like a team that is very top heavy and is missing the top of their team. That they are struggling without LeBron and AD. They beat the who was it? So they beat the Cavs, I think, to snap a four-game losing streak, and then they just barely beat the the, the, magic. New, the corpse of the Orlando yeah. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> to give them, you know, a few wins. But in the next six games, they have the Bucks, the Clippers, the Heat, and the Nets. So could be a yikes. And Yeah. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, too, with the with the Drummond acquisition as right, well. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm with you here. Yeah, and the only, the only game that I wanted to talk about was the Hornets and the Heat. From a few days ago, Hornets beat the Heat 110 to 105, but the game was not nearly as close as the score would indicate. I think midway through the third quarter, the Hornets were up 30, and the Heat just kind of chipped away. They actually they went on a 12 and 0 run in like the last five minutes to get it close, but the Hornets were in control for just about the whole game. Malik Monk was kind of the story of that game. Yes, coming off the bench set the Hornets franchise record four points in the game off the bench with 32 points on 12 of 17 shooting, and his stats are kind of inflated from this one game, but in the three games since LaMelo has been out, he's averaging, in 25 minutes of play, 21 points on 42% from three. He, he's not the only one doing well. The other two guards for the Hornets, he comes off the bench, the two starting guards, Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham, the three of them, Rozier, Monk, and Graham, in the four games without LaMelo, they're averaging a combined 83 points per game, all of them on 40% or better shooting from three. So I thought the Hornets would kind of fall off without LaMelo, but no one told the Hornets that. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah, and on the other end is the Heat, who are struggling. That was their sixth straight. They won Monday, which snapped a six-game losing streak. This is a part of. They need Oladipo to start scoring because they're not scoring. I think they were, in the last two weeks, they're like the second-worst team or third-worst team in points per game over that stretch. So the scoring can't come soon enough for them. Speaking of the Oladipo trade, should we get into the... Uh... The trade deadline Yes, moves? yes. So our main story is trade deadline happened. A lot of moves. A lot of things happened. Oh, actually, before we start, Seth, I have a quick question for you that I forgot to Ooh. prep you on. I was going to give you. Which? What are you more surprised about with all the trades that happened? Are you more surprised that Nikola Vucevic, who was not rumored to be traded, are you more surprised that he was traded or that Kyle Lowry wasn't traded? I think I was more surprised with the Vucevic trade. I didn't see that coming anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Not at I, all, and yeah. I can I can understand why Kyle Lowry didn't get moved, but but wow, that I did not see that coming. Yeah, I agree. That was that was the big surprise for me, and it was fun. And those are kind of things that make trade deadline awesome. So we're going to talk about that. We have a lot of things to talk about. We decided to break this down into who we thought were the winners and losers of. Whoa, whoa we don't say losers. This trade right. deadline. There are no losers. You're right. You're right. So our good friend Ty Lu, current coach of the Clippers. Championship winning coach the Cavaliers. In 2019, the year after LeBron left Cleveland the second time, as teams are when LeBron leaves, they were going to be terrible. And in a press conference before the season started, Ty Lue said of his team that he still considers them a playoff team, but there's going to be learning curves as they you know, adjust to life without LeBron. And he said he didn't believe in wins and losses. He said... We believe in wins and lessons. That's right. And the Cleveland team did a lot of learning that season. They finished 19-63. and 
So a lot of lessons to be had. In that spirit, we are going to capture our biggest winners and biggest learners. Biggest lesson learners of the trade deadline. We have two of each. Uh, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start with our winners? Just a quick thing. Doesn't the winners and lesson like wins and lessons, doesn't that remind you of something of like Coach Whitey from One Tree Hill? Something he would say in a in a in an important timeout late in the game. You know, I oh god dang it. I actually this totally <laughs> reminds me of something else I wanted to talk about <laughs> that I will we're to save for later. Okay. But we can we Stash can we that one bring away. that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll let me start with my, my winner then. One of my first winners. I could be generic and say Danny Ainge for almost landing Vucevic, which he said, or Lou Will for being in Atlanta for all the Magic City Wings jokes, but those are hacky, and I'm not going to do that, right? Good. So Good. my first winner is Norman Powell getting traded from the Raptors to the Blazers. Now, it's a better situation for him, I think, but the most important thing is he finally gets to leave Tampa. He's got a place <laughs> in Tampa where the Toronto Raptors are playing right now. He's got a home in Toronto. He can get rid of them both. Go buy one place in Portland now. It's going to save him some money, I think. That's why he's my first winner. Oh, that's why? Just because he moved geographically? Yes. Gets, gets to leave Tampa. <laughs> okay, well, I I like this move for basketball reasons. I think I'm a little oh. higher on it than you are. There are basketball reasons? Well, I just... So, the Bla- I think I think both teams benefit from it. The Blazers, they it's hard to... They didn't have the draft picks for a few couple years because they traded them for... Um, What's his, what's his Rocco. name? Yes, Robert Covington. So it's hard to improve your team when you have no cap space and you have no picks to trade. But I think they did. I this this Seth, you know what this reminds me of is in NBA two K, you're doing a franchise and you have two seventy five overall players and you trade them for one eighty overall player. And that's a real <laughs> way to improve your team. And so I mean they lost some depth. I think Carmelo Anthony, Derek Jones Jr., they're gonna have to play actual roles coming up the bench on the wing. And maybe Zach Collins when he comes back, he might actually be a real basketball player for once, but I, I, I think the Blazers improved, and I think the Raptors you know, got an expiring deal off and got some value for it. Yeah, so the, the deal was the Blazers sent Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood to, to Toronto in exchange for Norman Powell. That was, so that was the deal that happened. Yes. Um, who's your first winner, Rob? My first winner is, oh, one Michael Porter Jr. Mm. And that is because... Michael Porter Jr. no longer has to worry about guarding good players down the stretch of important games. Oh, good. Because the Denver Nuggets traded for Aaron Gordon, an athletic wing that will be able to guard good wing players because there's a lot of good wings in the West. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't like playing defense, certainly doesn't like playing it well. But <laughs> now that Aaron Gordon is there, like so before Aaron Gordon, like the lineups that you would play with alongside Michael Porter Jr. was either Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, or they would go small with Michael Porter Jr. at the four and play three guards. And surprisingly, those lineups with him at the four have been really good offensively. Mm-hmm. But defensively, might not be that good in playoffs. Aaron Gordon brings in... he. So I think what's interesting about Aaron Gordon is I heard this comparison. Seth, does this remind you of anything? An athletic wing that wasn't known as a great defender. He was a primary scorer for his team. But it gets traded to a team where he wasn't a primary offensive option and became a great defensive player because he could focus more on. Can you think of another player like that? I can think of I can think of a player that people say that about. Okay, who's that? Is, is that Andrew Wiggins? No, God, no. <laughs> That's what people say about him. I haven't heard it. I don't believe it. Uh, Our I'm first saying, episode was uh, Steve Kerr oh, saying Andrew Wiggins. Steve Kerr said it. <laughs> I was going to say Andre Iguodala. 
So oh. on the Sixers, oh. he was an all-star, primary scorer, not known for necessarily for defense. He was athletic. He could play defense. Goes to the Warriors where he's no longer a scorer. All of a sudden, he becomes a great defensive wing because he doesn't – he just he just goes to play defense. And I think – I don't know if Aaron Gordon will be as successful as Andre Iguodala was, but I think he can be in that mold where he can – there's no more scoring load. You can just kind of be a creative, off-the-ball offensive player. You might run with the second unit sometimes and get some shots. But you can be the defensive wing. I mean, he's athletic. He's got good size. I, I think he can do it, and I think he really helps the Nuggets. And he really takes pressure off Michael Porter Jr. to actually play defense. Yeah. The deal here was the Nuggets get Aaron Gordon Gary, and Gary Clark from Orlando, and the Magic get Gary Harris Jr., RJ Hampton, and a 2025 first-round pick. I, I actually enjoyed this deal for both teams. I think they both improved here. Uh, my second winner here, there's so many, is the... The team I just mentioned, the Orlando Magic. Mm. And Rob, I think you know why. The team has committed to tanking. Assets, assets, assets. Yes. Mail it in, baby. Yes. I'm, the new, I'm, the, I'm the biggest Magic fan now. Uh, <laughs> so in this deal, <laughs> so on deadline day, we just talked. Uh, Vucevic got traded and Aaron Gordon got traded. We didn't mention, but Evan Fournier got traded as well. And so they unloaded those three guys. And in return, they got three young young prospects here and rj hampton and wendell carter and then gary harris is a little bit older but still kind of a project for him okay you get three first round picks 2021 2023 and 2025 and two second round picks as well and then a couple throwaway players like jeff teague who they already waived and has already signed with walkie and then Otto porter i don't we don't really know what they're doing with him yet he played against the lakers uh the other night and we'll see if they if they kind of keep him or he's a free agent at the end of the year so so we'll see but uh I love it. Commit to tanking. You're not going anywhere. You're, you peaked, yeah. and you you peaked at the eighth seed. Like that's the, that was as good as you were going to get in the yeah, east with, with the team Blow that they had. Yeah, job, I think Magic. so. I having done no research, I'm going to say with confidence that the Orlando Magic just had the single biggest day for a single team trading away points per game. So oh, the Orlando Magic traded 65 points per game between Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, Vucevic. Uh, Alfred Camino and Gary Clark, 65 mm-hmm. points per game. So I think that's awesome. Like you said, love the tank. I am, I am, tanks can be hard and are yeah. hard. I'm oh, nervous. If you're a Magic fan, good luck. I think, yeah, <laughs> this is, I think the Pelicans made it look easy when they traded Anthony Davis and committed to tank. I think mm-hmm. that the, the big key for the Magic is like the Pelicans, but obviously since there's a Zion in this draft, they need to land a great player in this year's draft. Yeah, Taking it, then I want to pick it, Cade Cunningham. Yep. That's a lot more to be excited about. Like, again, the Pelicans, so they got, they traded into Davis, they got a bunch of young guys, got some picks, and then out of nowhere got the number one pick. All of a sudden, they're an exciting young team. Exactly. Again, there's no Zion in this draft, but Cade Cunningham's a really exciting prospect, and if you can land him, I think more power to the Magic. I, I will say I'm a little surprised that Terrence Ross yeah why, not? yeah, why not? Why not you trade know? him? <laughs> and I wonder if it's a contract thing. I don't know That's what he's true. making, but That's true. just trying to match that, I'm sure, yes. might be difficult. But yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so my second winner. Oh, good. My second winner. Oh, actually, before we go any further, I, I forgot to mention uh, Evan Fournier, who you mentioned in the trade. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the first game as the Boston Celtic, <laughs> in a whopping 33 minutes of game time, scored two points on 0 of 10 shooting from the field. So it looks like he's going to fit right in. Good for him. We're excited. It's the, we deal, it. the, it's the deal. He, he he was sent to Boston. That's the deal. The, yes. The, uh, 
that's just what the Celtics needed exactly. to make a run. Yep. Um, so speaking of the Celtics, one of my winners is one Danny Ainge. And the reason I am high on Danny Ainge is because what the Houston Rockets are doing might make Danny Ainge look better in how he handles all of his assets. So the Houston Rockets traded Victor Oladipo for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, the clinic. Plus, since um, the Rockets had the Nets pick in 2022, they have it. And so they traded the rights or they the Heat gave the rights to swap their pick with Brooklyn's pick to Houston. Does that make sense? Yep. So probably move up, I don't know, 10 spots for that pick. This trade was terrible. Yeah. For the Rockets in terms of value, especially under the context of they traded Karis Levert straight up for Victor Oladipo mm-hmm. and then got two players that don't fit their timeline on expiring deals in return for it. And so, again, kind of back to Danny Ainge, we, we won't know for years and years how the Houston-Brooklyn trade pans out because we got to see how the picks, we got to see how they develop, we got to see what the, the Rockets get for it. But what right. we do know was the trade was solely for picks. And another thing that we know was the 76ers were offering Ben Simmons plus other smaller assets. So Raphael Stone, the Rockets general manager, took the Danny Ainge route. And instead of getting the proven player you get picks because you like Danny Ainge knows you can't get fired for not building a team. If you never cash in your assets and always have right. the future to look forward to. If you trade, you die for, when you get buried with those. Assets. That's what I'm saying. If, if the Rockets traded for Ben Simmons, I almost said Bill Simmons, cause I only wrote Simmons on my thing. <laughs> and I was still ahead. If the Rockets trade for Ben Simmons and they're still bad, it's a bad reflection on the GM. But if you trade for eight first round picks, you know, who knows? We got to wait and see what all those picks turn into before you can cast judgment on who won the trade. Right. And this is... You can't be judged as a GM until those picks come to fruition. Exactly. And this Oladipo trade, in hindsight, the Oladipo for Levert trade, reeks of the same mentality that they traded for Oladipo because they were enamored with what assets he could give up or what assets teams would give up to get him. But it turns out, it was nothing. (laughs) And... It was the clinic. And... the clinic. So the Heat, I think the Heat loved the trade. Last week, I talked about the Knicks. I wanted the Knicks to trade for Oladipo. And basically, the the reasons I listed for the Knicks are the same reasons why the Heat did trade for him. You need offense. You have cap space in the summer. And you can audition Oladipo, see if you mm-hmm. want to spend money on him. Yeah. Get your own doctors to take a look at him. See how that how that knee's holding up. Exactly. See if he's, exactly. You know. Yeah. I, I, I do think, while we're here, I think they might miss Olenek more than they think. Because right now, uh, Bam Adebayo is the only center on the mm-hmm. roster. And he's, like, what, 6'8"? He's not necessarily a big guy. We saw how he went against Anthony Davis in the limited time. He had a hard time. And Joel Embiid's looming in the East. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah Kelly, Kelly was starting at the four for him. He, and so, I mean, they lost a starter. Well, just, I mean, so they have Bam. They, they traded mm-hmm. for Bielitsa from the Kings. And then Precious Achua is is the power forward. But those are the only it's guys kind of, above it's kind of like a monster though. They well, really I mean, those like are the only him. guys above like six, seven on the team. Yeah. So yeah. so they're gonna have to play small all year. Like like Trevor Reza, Jimmy Butler, like, Jimmy Butler playing the the point forward at like power well, forward. They're gonna have to play it. Like mm-hmm. they don't have a four because their fours have to play five because they don't have fives. <laughs> That's right. Okay, I have one last winner, and yes. it is us, the fans, Robbie. We won trade okay. deadline day. Okay. JJ Redick got traded to Dallas. And as some people know, J.J. Reddick has a very popular podcast. 
Um, we're not going to tell you to check that out because we are obviously the premier NBA podcast. Right. But now we have unlimited access to Boban. And Jesus, we can get... <laughs> if we, we should be expecting Boban on that podcast very soon. Good, good. That's makes good. us the winners. That is good. Yeah, I totally forgot that was a trade that happened. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I'm glad we can find some good from it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, no. Let's get on to our learners. We got some people that are going to learn some lessons. People did learn some lessons. Okay, who, I'll start. Who are they? Yeah. My first is Tony Bradley. Now, Tony Bradley was the third string center for the Philadelphia 76ers. But with the Embiid injury, he has gone into, he's been a starting center. And they kept Dwight coming off the bench in his normal role. And maybe two weeks ago, he had a, he had a game where he went, I think, eight for eight. Tony Bradley did from the field. And Embiid tweeted, I've seen enough. Time for the Sixers to build around Tony Bradley. Yeah. And then trade deadline comes. He gets traded uh, from the first team in the East to the Thunder where there's no chance of the playoffs. Which just goes to show you, it's dangerous to play well around deadline time. <laughs> start to, <laughs> teams start to get a little attracted to you. They start seeing you in some advanced minutes. It's dangerous because now your postseason, your season's ending early, bud. So he is a learner and he learned maybe not play so well. Well, he'll definitely have a lot of time to learn things in all these minutes he's going to play where the team has no well, expectations Well, here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem with where he ended up in Oklahoma City. They just uh, signed Moses Brown, one of their project centers, to like a multi-year deal. So now they are giving him the bulk of the minutes at center. So Tony, Tony Bradley played maybe eight minutes in his first game, hmm. and that's about what he's going to get. So that sucks. That does <laughs> that really suck. sucks. <laughs> if you're going to not play much, you might as well be on a contender. A chance for a ring, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a good one. My One of my learners are the suitors for a potential Zach Levine trade because they're going to have to learn to love somebody else to trade for. So going into this season, even kind of leading up to the deadline, it, it cooled off when he made the All-Star game, when Levine did. But going mm. into the season, a very popular name to keep an eye on as the next disgruntled star was Zach Levine, who, you know, was reportedly tired of being on a bad team he was really upset last year he didn't make the All-Star game and he felt that it was because the team wasn't good enough that he, he didn't get credit for his numbers last year. And he only has one year left in his contract after this year, which means if he's unhappy, the Bulls might sense that and try to trade him before he walks into free agency. Which is actually interesting, sidebar. Um, there's going to be a really interesting contract situation with Zach Levine coming up this offseason because so he's extension eligible. But he's only making about twenty million dollars this year, and the way extensions right. work in the NBA is, you can't. There's only there's a percentage increase that you can get for a midseason or a mid contract extension. So, based on what Zach Levine is making right now, the maximum he could be offered was it was like four years, one hundred and ten million, I think, which is is way under his market value. So, mm-hmm. supposedly, what the Bulls might have to do to avoid him hitting unrestricted free agency is. This offseason, they would renegotiate his current contract to give him more money so that they could offer a higher contract renewal midseason. And it's something in, the, in like, like if they up his contract, they could offer him up to four years, $160 million, so $50 million difference if wow. they up his contract. So just keep an eye on that. That's a fun little thing. Um, Another but anyways, thing to keep in, in contact, yeah. this, is, this is kind of... Uh, less likely, but if he ends up making a all NBA team, like a third team this year, oh supermax, right? Supermax eligible, right? Yeah, and so then, then the Bulls really have to think about that. That's the two hundred mil yeah. mark comes into play. Yeah, yes, good point. 
It's, he won't it's make not likely, you. yeah. But it's top <laughs> okay. fifteen player, right? It's unlikely, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see how the, the okay. season finishes. I didn't want to try to count fifteen better players. So. No, 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 no. Um, okay, don't. Uh, but anyways, back to this trade, which happened. Um, the Bulls spent on winning. Now they spent on building a team around Zach Levine, and by a team, I mean they added a good player. They <laughs> really traded player. for. Do you want to give us trade for Nikola Vucevic? Do you want to give us yes. the trade details? Yeah. So the Bulls get. Nikola Vucevic and Al Fracamino from the Magic. And the Magic get Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, a 2020, a 2021 first, which is one through four protected, and a 2023 first. So they get a young player, two first rounds, and a contract match. Yeah, I noticed. So both the players the Bulls sent out were juniors. And I noticed you didn't call them that. Was there a reason for that? Oh, like uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto yes, Porter Jr. They're both juniors, and you didn't, you didn't say <laughs> extra, that. Extra, there was a Gary Harris Jr. in the, the other trade, oh, okay. too. So uh, the Magic are stacking up juniors. They're loading up juniors, that's true. They wanted the young team. And so and then they, so they, they have the JRs, and then they also got RJ Hampton. So oh, okay. they love those letters. Yes, good. Um, but, anyways, this trade for the Bulls. This is a give up assets to win now move to keep your star happy. And I love this trade for the Bulls. The Bulls won't sniff the finals no. with this team. I don't think they ever will. But they're a team that has not made the playoffs recently. They haven't been relevant for a few years. And I know those Chicago wins, they like being competitive. And so this is a move that makes them competitive. I don't think they're sealing with Levine, whatever his name is. Vucevic is very high. I think they'll be a perennial <laughs> playoff team. But I think... The, 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 I think the ceiling for this team is winning a playoff series. But yeah. I think it's a great move because you keep your guy happy. You That's know, you, the bottom line. You have to keep yeah, him happy. Your only other option was you do what you did with Jimmy Butler. Say, screw it. We'll trade him try to rebuild again. And I don't right. think I, they shouldn't do that. I don't think they wanted to do that. Um, I'm excited. They Actually, the Bulls are on a four-game losing streak right now. But they're still. I think they're in 10th in the East. And it's they're, still yeah. so tight that you know a run will get them back in it. Yeah, they're they're tenth and they're they're two games up on on the Raptors at eleven, so they have a little space there. Um, but yeah, I think I think they'll move up slowly. Yeah, I do too. Okay, my other what did we did we call them learners? Learners, learners. Yeah, Brad Wanamaker and Brad Wanamaker was on the Warriors. And he was traded to the Hornets. Now the reason he's a learner is that the Warriors got no players back, just a little bit of cash. They were that desperate to get him off of their team right and for that he's a learner yeah that's tough i do love the the um like the trade announcements where it's just cast considerations yeah i don't think that did someone do that for this year because i think it was a few years ago the phoenix suns were like we want to welcome this oh, player yeah, yeah. to our team and it was cash oh, considerations yeah somebody did do it this year before this right. trade i can't remember right, they, right. they put like a picture of a bag of money sitting at right. like, a press conference well, welcome, stand. Like, welcome <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Good. Brad Wanmaker. All right. Sucks. Good. My last, well, be better. My last <laughs> learner is, speaking of players that should be better, my last learner are people who are traded just to match salaries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, it's a it's a tough business the NBA is, and, you know, you knew what you're getting into. You're also paid very well to be an NBA player, but trades are an unfortunate part of life for an NBA player. Um, Gary Harris, who you mentioned, is a junior. Is he a junior? Is that yeah, the one you mentioned? Gary Harris Junior. He doesn't rock the junior like other people do. No. Speaking of Marcus Morris, calling himself Marcus Morris Senior is the <laughs> stupidest no. thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. Okay. But anyways, Gary Harris, 
he was traded from the Nuggets to the Magic, and he was nothing but salary match, mm-hmm. salary filler for the Aaron Gordon trade. He didn't move the needle for that for the Magic at all. He was not a player they wanted, but he had to go, and he goes from a contender to maybe the worst team in the league. And I think it's different for for him versus a guy like R.J. Hampton, who he's a project, he's a prospect, he's a guy that the Magic were interested in as somebody that could build their team around. He's a guy that you know, if you're a young player. You might suck your first few years. Your team might suck. Like that's just right. kind of part of life in professional sports. So he he gets to grow and develop in an environment where there's no pressure to win. That's a you know that's not necessarily a bad thing. They can give him all the minutes exactly. You know, the, yeah, but that's not Gary Harris's career timeline. Like he's I think he's 26, maybe he's, about to turn yep. 27. Yep. He's got two years left on his deal, and it's like what do you what do you do? I feel bad for him, especially because he's a guy that can't stay healthy, which sucks. But you know. Well, part, last part last uh, last year in the bubble, the first round, when he he was injured the first like four games, and when he came back against the right um, the Jazz, the Jazz, yeah, that really changed the whole series. Great, yeah. He's such a good defender, but he he's just his inability to stay on the court has really mm-hmm. been his downfall in terms of his you know role on the Nuggets. Actually, I know so he's out right now with a thigh strain, and it's been six weeks, and it's kind of indefinite. Like I haven't heard a timetable. I googled I, I googled just. Gary Harris injury history, just to kind of you know get a better idea, and I found three articles written in three different years from like three different places, basically written about Gary Harris being ready to put his injury plagued years behind him, like after three separate injuries. So that's it's a tough look for him, and and now he has to rehab on a team that doesn't necessarily even want him around, which is a bummer. Uh, other like Otto Porter Jr. was kind of in the same boat, except. Mm-hmm. He only has one year left in his deal, so it's nothing. He's a he's a buyout one. candidate he as could, well. Yeah, I I honestly I could see them not buying him out because it would be expensive. I think very. So uh, I don't know. We'll see with him. The other guy who it sucks for is Daniel Tice, and he yeah. was not a salary match, but he was a salary dump. When the Celtics traded for Evan Fournier, it bumped them into the luxury tax, and mm-hmm. in order to get under that mark, they traded out Daniel Tice. So it was Daniel Tice and a second, or was it they got a second back? It was Daniel Tice to the Bulls for Mo Wagner in a second. Yeah, and then they flipped that one also. They flipped Mo Wagner after that. Right. But um, Daniel Tice, the starting center, the best five on the Celtics this year, the best player that played center, probably because Justin Thompson's terrible. I mean, he was he, he played a lot of minutes. He was a you know valuable part of the rotation, and he literally just got dumped because he cost too much. Mm-hmm. And now I will say I'm. Gonna, yeah. Are you are you going on? Are you still going on? Yeah, that's basically it. I was just going to say something about uh, about Dana Tice, how he actually really helps the Bulls. Ooh, okay. That is a really good backup center to have. You know, he's starting for the the Celtics, and I think that's an underrated part of what the Bulls did hmm. um, on deadline day. That kind of that kind of went under the radar. Anyway, go on. That's fair. No, that's it. Good, good ending. So, what, do we want to? What are the trades that we missed? Do you want to rattle off some of the ones we didn't talk about? Yeah, let me think about what we didn't go over here. Let's see. Oh, uh, the Nuggets got JaVale McGee as well oh, right, as, right, a, right. as a backup center, which which does help a little bit. Yeah. And good on the Cavs, man. They couldn't get rid of Andre Drummond for anything, but they did get two seconds back for JaVale. Wow. And Isaiah Hartenstein, who he started last night for him. That's, how, that's what kind of situation the Cavs are in right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the the Sixers got George Hill, uh, for you know backup point guard uh, role. It's a veteran that should help them. 
And then we talked about the Heat getting Imani Blitza. And then the other thing we didn't touch on was the Clippers getting Rondo. Right. Hawks get Lou Will in two seconds. Do you want to talk about that? I don't know. I think I'm not sure how much he helps the Clippers on the court. This is this is I think this is purely a role of gambling, rolling the dice, the Clippers rolling the dice that playoff Rondo will make a return. Because he's too, because Lou Will provides so much off the bench too. But he's well Lou Will is they're kind of opposites. And then right. Lou Williams is really good in the regular season, but is basically unplayable in the playoffs because he's so bad defensively. Mm-hmm. And Rondo is terrible in the regular season, but comes alive <laughs> in the playoffs. At least he did last year. And so this the Clippers need a you know point guard to run an offense. Lou Williams is not that guy. R- Rondo Pat Bev is not that guy. Oh God, no. Rondo <laughs> has flashes of that guy, especially last playoff run with the Lakers. And so maybe, like I said, the the, the the Clippers found a way to trade away more picks. Yeah, and I don't. They're hoping that Rondo. I mean, that's the thing. If if it works and they win a championship, who cares? Right. You no, know, it's all worth it. But I, I guess that's the same as the the six picks for Paul George yep, as well. Yep. You know. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who got better, Rob? Who got better on deadline day? Well, uh, I, I'm I'm big on the Nuggets. The Nuggets were a team that we said last week they should be buyers, and they were aggressive yeah. buyers. They, you don't waste, we've talked about this, you don't waste MVP caliber seasons from your stars. Right. And that's what they're living through right now with Jokic. So they, they traded some picks, they traded uh, traded a pick and a prospect and went and got a guy that makes them better. Yeah. I'm really, I'm like, I'm really high on this Nuggets move. Uh, I think we saw that Jeremy Grant was a little more valuable to that team last year than, than I think we originally thought. And they upgraded that. With Aaron Gordon, I believe. And on top of that, he fits right into the Nuggets timeline. He's 25. Jokic is 26. Jamal Murray is 24. And Michael Porter Jr. is 22. That's a great core to have. Yeah. And then he's an underrated playmaker as well. So your your center and your power forward are averaging like 13 assists a game combined. Mm. Uh, I think I think it's a great move for the Nuggets. I think they, they got much better. Yeah, I agree. And then... I think we the Bulls got better. I think we know that. Yeah, for sure. If nothing else, other than just making Zach Levine, and they'll happy. be they they will be a very fun team to watch because they're oh, yeah. very dynamic offensively, and not a lot's going to get done defensively. They they played the Warriors last night, and then I watched a little bit, and it's going to take a little bit of time for those two guys to click. It's just sure, not there yeah. yet. It's, yeah. it's easy to tell. Um, but then Vooch does such a good job on the dribble handoffs. Well, he did a lot with Terrence Ross in Orlando. And Terrence Ross is nowhere near the play. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for is I think he's going to make it a lot easier for Levine. Yes. Like, like he's going to simplify a lot of things and pick and rolls and decision making. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. my other, The only other team I had for who improved was the Miami Heat. And this isn't because I think that Victor Oladipo really changes their postseason outlook. It doesn't really have anything to do with that. It's what they what they gave up to get him was was kind of replaced. Like I think the money of Belitza is going to do what Kelly Olenek was really good at, and that's spacing the floor when right. he's on the floor. And he might, he might not be a total upgrade over Kelly Olenek, but he definitely is a viable replacement. But the love... So, so I do think they did a, they got better. But the love that Pat, that Pat Riley got is so overstated to me that he wasn't willing to budge on his offer. He didn't let the Raptors take advantage of him to get Kyle Lowry. He won't budge on Tyler Hero. We've we've gone on and on about this, right? right? We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at what point do you look at your title window and say this isn't as wide open as we thought it was? I'm I'm not 
I'm not thrilled that they didn't pull the trigger for Kyle Lowry. Well, it might be. I'm saying, so I just, you, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You talk. No, you talk. I just I think you have to go all in. Like you got to come. You got to uh, the finals last year. This is your opportunity. Jim Butler's only getting older. And and I Tyler Hero can be great. That's fine. But Kyle Lowry significantly increases your chances of taking down someone like Brooklyn or Philly this year than Tyler Hero does. Yeah, I think they. I've heard who was it? I think um, Daryl Morey said you know because they the Sixers were hotly in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes and I think they said like the Raptors were asking it was like laughable what the Raptors were asking for in return. So I'm assuming that it was the same case for the for the Heat that that they just felt like it was too much and yeah they might they might be thinking they have a chance to sign him in free agency for for free if the old people think this one because they don't want to resign Depot so. But I, yeah, I I'm with agree. That, but like I just I, feel, I mean Jimmy Butler's only getting older. You've seen what they looked like without him. Like that is that is your piece. You have to you have to supply him with people like we talked about the Nuggets that fit his timeline. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyle Lowry fits his timeline. Those two are at the you know kind of the end part of their careers right now. At the yeah. end of their peaks. I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I just I, I I'm a little upset about that. Mm. But then Jalen Rose goes on to say that the Heat are now the favorites by acquiring Victor Oladipo. In yeah, the uh, I, I, I did. I, I saw that, on. and I I went ahead and crossed <laughs> off the Heat as title contenders. The second Jalen Rose says, "Oh my God!" I was like, "All right, he likes to live in the moment, I suppose." All right, Rob, who who didn't improve? Who not necessarily who got worse, but who didn't? Well, didn't well, there's a few that I think are obvious, but but for me, I think a lot of the, the top half in the West, basically not mm-hmm. top half, not the Blazers and the Nuggets went for it. Everybody else. I'm nervous for. I think the Clippers tried. The Clippers didn't have any assets to move. But the Jazz, the Suns, most specifically the Suns, the Jazz and the Lakers kind of. But because, you know, the Nets look great. They look awesome. They look like they're going to be the team you meet in the finals if you make the finals. And, you know, the, there's been a top four and then a little separation in the West. Like it's been the LA teams, the Suns, and the Jazz. Yeah. And then the teams in five and six spot are making moves. They're aggressive. They're trying to move up. So. I, I'm just I'm nervous for some of those teams at the top of the West because as we get closer to playoff time, seeding is going to matter a lot. Because oh yeah, if you can be a top two seed and avoid any of the top six teams in the first round, if you can get the play-in team, provided the Lakers are that would be if the Lakers slip far enough that they're a play-in team and LeBron and D come back, that's going to be chaos yeah. in a good way. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. But provided the top six are the top six in some order. If you can be a top two seed and avoid one of those teams in the first round, I think you're going to be way better off. And the team that are five and six right now are making moves to try to get up there. And I was the sun like the Jazz. I understand they have incredible chemistry. They like their team. They might just roll with what they have. But but the Suns, I think, could have made a move. And I'm just I'm nervous for them as the Clippers maybe start to improve with the five and six team. I I don't know. I just I just a lot of teams. Tried to be aggressive buyers, and some of the teams that didn't might end up regretting it. Yeah, uh, see, you brought up the Blazers, but I had a, I had a hard time with this because it, to me it felt like the Blazers just made like a lateral move, like it didn't it didn't move the needle for me at all. Um, and and I'm, Norm Powell is is the better player out of any of the people in that trade, but it didn't seem like that's what they were lacking. Like Gary Trent was a was shooting. Like forty percent from three this year, he was a great spot up shooter along CJ and Dame, and it didn't feel like that's where they needed to make the improvement. But it, what it came down to was they, both Gary Trent and Norm Powell are 
up for contracts at the end of the year, and I suppose they feel more, they'd feel better about paying, paying Norm Powell the money they're going to pay than they would Gary Trent. So I get that, but I don't. It didn't feel like it felt like the Robert Covington, Derek Jones part is where they needed to improve, and and they didn't. And now you have you have Norm, Damon, CJ, who are the tallest players, six three. Like that's a that's a really small front three, and. I don't know. I just hope that doesn't that doesn't come back to to bite them. That's fair. Or I don't and then, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And obviously the Celtics didn't improve. We know that. Mm. And then we already talked about the Rockets and the sad state of affairs that it is over there. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's all I had for for good. the good the teams. I'm good. Good with trades. Okay. Covered them all. After deadline day, that's when the buyouts happen. Buyout season. Yeah. Um, let's let's get into Andre Drummond, Rob. Andre Drummond is signed with the Lakers after his buyout from the Cavs. Yeah, what are you thinking? Well, I I don't know how much he's going to play. Okay. Um, come playoff time, that is. I yeah. just I just I don't know how much he helps them. And I, I I tell you what I'm excited for, where I'm most optimistic is I think he's going to come in. And be a good offensive player. He's going to help them now while LeBron and AD are out. But, like, so he the the thing is is that that like Andre Drummond, who he was an All Star, right? Two time. Am I am I two time All Star? He was an All Star. He was a great player for a time on the Pistons. But he is not going to be part of their crunch time rotation. Like when the game is on the line, Anthony Davis will be playing the five. LeBron will be playing the four. Andre Drummond will be watching from the bench. I, right. I just I don't know how much like like is he especially when you're a fifty percent free throw shooter like you're not finishing oh, games. God. Is he better? <laughs> is he better than Marcus All? Probably, but but he's not a great he's not a great defender. He's he's, he's not a great finisher. Let's think. He he's not good at catching lobs necessarily, but he hasn't <laughs> had lobs from LeBron. So who knows? Like just what he's good at. I mean, he's a good rebounder, but a lot of it's like. Is he a good rebounder with other good rebounders around him, or is it just that he just yeah. grabs a ton of rebounds that are uncontested? I just I don't know how much he actually helps him. I'm happy he's not anywhere else, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thing with with Drummond is I almost I almost wish he wouldn't play without LeBron and AD because, like you said, he's gonna need he's gonna be you think he's gonna get used to shooting yes. twenty shots a game. This is he's gonna he's gonna think this is his new role, which it mm. clearly is not. You know, when LeBron and AD comes back, I think he's right. taking like fifteen shots a game in Cleveland yeah. this year. You're you're gonna get five. Like that's the most you're gonna get, yeah. and it's gonna be and four of them are gonna be yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I almost yeah. wish that him taking ten shots or whatever while LeBron and AD are out, like it's only gonna make him think that's his role. And I'm like, maybe we just just hold off on that a little bit. Right. That's that has me a little worried. Uh, we talked about this the other day about how we almost just kind of wish he would have went to Brooklyn, uh, so we could just like use that when the Lakers uh win the fi- win the finals, just like stack the deck against LeBron, mm. make for a great story. But he's in Los Angeles now. It is, yeah, that that yeah. When like when we'll talk about Lamar Soldiers, but when Lamar Soldiers went, I was like, well, screw it, give him Drummond too, so it'll just yeah. look better in hindsight if the Lakers do win. Yeah, let me. Speaking of that, there was a couple other news. Gordy Jane got bought out from Memphis. He signed with San Antonio. Not much to that. Austin Rivers got bought out um, after he got traded to the Thunder. They bought him out. I think he sounds like he's signing with the Bucks. Uh, doesn't really change anything. Nah. 
Al Horford probably should be bought out here soon. Eh. And yeah. Marcus Aldridge signs with the Nets. And this this one caught me off guard, Rob. Yeah, it's we thinking we we need to stop spending so much time together because we have the exact same thoughts and everything and we can't ever <laughs> have a debate. We we were thinking the exact same thing. It's a weird two, like kind of two things. This is a weird move and Lamarcus Aldridge won't play a second in the playoffs. Yes. I I will be incredibly surprised if Lamarcus Aldridge plays a single second of meaningful playoff basketball as right. the game is not already decided. He just I mean just just breaking things down. So DeAndre Jordan is the starter at center apparently. DeAndre Jordan's the starter, Kevin Durant will start at the 4. And you have Lamarcus Aldridge has to play the 5. He, he yeah. he's he's slow-footed four or five. There's no way he can play anything but center. So coming off the bench, you have Blake Griffin, Jeff Green, Nick Claxton, who all they play the five. They all play the five better than uh, um. Oh right, Marcus Aldridge will. So I don't know. I don't see a scenario where he plays unless somebody gets hurt or it's really match. I don't know. I it, don't it know. Makes I don't get no it. sense to me. I and, don't get it. And like this is just in. The easiest sense is ring chasing, you know, like for sure. Let me see if I can snag one. On That's the, the on only the thing that makes match, sense. Right? That's the only thing that makes sense because about this. I don't know. I don't know how true this report was. I don't even remember where it came from. But there was a report that he was originally planning on going to to Miami. Yeah, the, everyone the heat. everyone already wrote him in as a Heat yeah. player. From and then yeah. and then he's the report came out that the the recent losing streak for the Heat that we were talking about earlier was what changed what made him change his mind about going there. I hope so, that's not true. That is the softest thing too. I've ever heard. Exactly. And wow. I, I okay. really hope that's not he true. He would play. I, I, like, I don't think he's that good anymore. Like, I don't even know if I... like. But guess who needs size? The Heat. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. He has a role on the Heat. Even though I don't think he's that good of a player. Exactly. He has a role on the Heat. He doesn't have a role on the Nets. I yeah, just, that I'd being already... said, <sighs> yeah. I'm happy that he went there because it just looks worse on paper for the Nets being a team that stacks a deck. and. If the Lakers win the championship, it will look even better for LeBron. If the, yeah, I, I'm at the point where and I think a lot of people are too that if the Lakers win this year, that there's not even a goat debate anymore. I I'm kind of with you there. That as good as uh, the yeah. Nets are, yeah. And then uh, the whole talking, adding up the All Star appearances for the Nets, like yeah. we got to stop doing that. The, these people are not all stars anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's it's gonna look really good twenty years from now when we're yes. telling our kids about how great LeBron James was. Yes. Uh, but let's not do that right now, please. Yeah, the all of the Lamarcus Blake All Stars. I don't think they even count for one anymore in terms of no. the type of player that they are. Or the or that one DeAndre Jordan All Star. Oh players. gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yes, yeah, so this is it's 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 weird, and I don't on the basketball standpoint, I don't see it. But I like it because the debates are full force about how stacked the Nets are. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Should we splash past? Yeah, we should. Oh, actually, we can do this now. So your Winter Hill comments. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. This reminded me of the news I forgot to talk about. Did you see this? That, that HBO is doing a drama produced by Adam McKay, who is the like Anchorman stepbrothers writer-director, uh-huh. right? And it is a drama about the Showtime Lakers. Oh, yes. Did you see this? Yes. So this is what it reminded me of when you talk about One Tree Hill. Because One Tree Hill was your all-time favorite show. And is famous for portraying the most unathletic-looking basketball <laughs> basketball scenes in 
entertainment film TV history. Yes. So I want what this reminded me of was can I can I read you? Have you seen this? Can I read you some of the cast? I've seen one of the casts and it's hilarious. Yes, yeah, so, what I saw is hilarious. So all all this is this is real. This is happening. This is the cast. There are some fun fun facts. There are some former like big basketball players. So a guy that played for the home Globetrotters is playing Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Oh, cool. And there are some other guys playing like Magic Johnson and Michael Cooper. They're actual basketball players. There are okay. some big names like John C. Riley, speaking of yes. uh stepbrothers. He's playing Jerry Buss, the Lakers owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother, Freedom Star Marshall fame, is playing Paul Westhead, who's a backup center for the I Lakers. I just, think, I just think that's fun. Jason Siegel's yeah. in it. Uh, Adrian Brody, who's an actor. What mm-hmm. was he in? He was he won an Oscar. Uh, he was in King Kong. I know that. Yes, King Kong. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, he's playing Pat Riley. So that's fun. Oh. Who else is in? I thought there was somebody else, some of the big name. But but the big the big thing for me is Bo Burnham. Are you familiar with him? Yes, Robbie. Yes. So Bo Burnham is he is a comedian kind of turned writer director who who did eighth grade. Have you, did you see it? He's, you know, he's a funny ago? guy. He's okay. hilar- well, he's hilarious. And the movie that he like his writing directorial debut was like critically hailed. It's one of the best movies of the year. He is playing Larry Bird, and he is built similarly to Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. He is tall, kind of lanky, kind of goofy looking. But I and I I just cannot picture him with an athletic bone in his body for what I've seen no. of him. No. And this is why I am nervous for this show because I there's two ways they can do this. Is that they can assuming that Bill Burnham is any is anywhere in relation to as good a basketball as he looks, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. They can either stunt double, as in you can't actually tell it's him playing. Or you just don't feature actual actual basketball scenes because I do not want another One Tree Hill scenario where you have guys that clearly are not able to play the game of basketball pretending to be good basketball players. Nathan Scott made the NBA, and Robbie. it drives me. He was well, Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> the goat. No, that's Lucas Scott. Yeah, I know. Oh. Chad Michael Murray, who played a competent basketball player, is horrendously unathletic. Or uncoordinated. He's never played a game of organized basketball in his life, as far as I'm concerned. And he was playing like a high school stud basketball player. And it was, it's so hard. It's fun to watch in a train wreck way. So bad, yes. it's good. I just, and I. Rick the, Fox is a murderer? Yeah, he's a mob yeah. boss. A loan yeah. shark. Loan shark. <laughs> um, but, but I, I'm just so nervous for this show. I'm really excited for it. I'm so nervous for it because I do not want the basketball to be. No, I didn't, I awful. didn't know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, and I didn't know you bring this bringing this up, but I think we're both going to agree that this is a horrible missed opportunity to play to have Nick Kroll Nick Crawley. <laughs> yes, I saw somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, go if yeah yeah you should go go search on YouTube. Was it Kroll show Young Larry Bird? Yes, the Larry yes. Bird impression Nick oh Kroll does God. is so funny. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um. God, I totally lost a train of thought. <laughs> but yeah, this is why I thought of this. I remember this when you brought up on show. What was the One Tree Hill thing you wanted to bring up? It was what the coach said, right? Yes, about his about the motivational yeah. moments. Oh, the, right. Time right. Last second because, because in One Tree Hill, like the state championship basketball game, they're like down, what is it? They're down four? I don't, I don't no, know. No, they're saying. down four with the ball with like 30 sec or with like 10 seconds left. And the coach spends the entire time giving a motivational speech, like, 
This like, is the lesson. moments of your life that you'll like. Not a single thing about basketball. Like, coach, what do we do? No X's how do we, and O's. Yeah, how do we yeah. do this play? So that was great. That was very much the spirit of how basketball was portrayed in One Tree Hill. And I really hope this show is not similar. Uh, when's portrayed. it airing? Do you know? No, I have no idea. I think they just no. announced the uh, like the like they're they just got the cast down. Yeah. Later. Okay. I'll look forward to that. That'd be yeah. Exciting. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's. I mean, it's, it's HBO and it's. A lot of big names in it, so I'm sure the drama will be good. But yeah. I just, I just, if the basketball, like I'm saying, either do good basketball or no, but like if they do no actual basketball, I think that's fine, right? Right. Like if they don't show necessarily scenes of basketball so much as like you just get the idea of what's the happening. Story behind exactly. what's going behind it, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. But I'm excited for that. But, anyways, uh, Splash or Pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, Splash or Pass. Splash or Pass. So, we're recording this on Tuesday, and like we said, the first two Elite Eight games happened, but the second mm-hmm. two Elite Eight games have not happened yet. But right here, before the games start, we are calling our shot. It is 537 on Tuesday evening. Neither of the games have started. Have the games started? Neither of the games no. are very far underway. Not yet. We are calling our shot. We are saying UCLA continues their improbable run to beat Michigan. So you hear it here first. UCLA goes from first four to final four. Ooh. And good job, UCLA. Good win. Bad news is they have to play Gonzaga because we yeah. are also predicting Gonzaga wins. Way to beat the coach of the year, Juwan Howard, also. Good job. <laughs> That's right. So on a scale of, for Splasher Pass, our scale is how optimistic are you that you can beat the team across from you? Are you Splash, which is Gonzaga, staring at, again, one of the last four teams in UCLA? Or are you UCLA staring at one of the best college teams in recent memory, Gonzaga? So how <laughs> optimistic are you of your chances? Are you Gonzaga? Or UCLA. So, let me start here. I am UCLA on Aaron Gordon, who is now the newest member of the Denver Nuggets, as we know. Now he is he was number double zero, which is sick Mm -hmm. in in Orlando. He is now changed to number fifty in Denver. Now the reason for this is apparently because of his dunk scores in the dunk contest. Like he's a fifty, you know. Um, and is get over it. You lost. It's it's time to move on, <laughs> and it's it's not really like it's not trolling really because he's only really like trolling himself. Like yeah, you got fifties, but you you're over, you're over two. I thought I thought it was more of like he it should have been a fifty. Like nobody forget. Yeah, I but he was won racking up contest. the fifties in his dunk contest. I think it's the other way. Know? I think because it's you think it would have been better if you did forty nine because Dwayne that would have been, been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> I think as a fifty, like Dwayne Wade should have given me a fifty. <laughs> no, I get that. I yeah, I get that. I just time to move on. Okay, that is not. Okay. You have a chance to win a championship. Maybe let that define your career instead of your forty nine in the dunk. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> if you would have wore forty nine, though, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would have been a lot better, actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a good one. My first one is I am Gonzaga. I am splashing on being an adult and hashing things out. Mm. So apparently. Word on the street, word around the Nets camp, is that James Harden has told some players and some staff that he feels bad about how ugly things got in Houston, that Mm. how bad it was, how bad he made things before he left. And so apparently, that feeling, again, this is leaked from the Nets organization, since James Harden feels bad, that feeling has motivated him to buy in extra hard on the Nets. He's doing extra conditioning workouts, he's making an effort to listen to his coaches, he wants to be a better player and be a better teammate. Uh, so good for him, but I don't think he understands how this works. Uh, because when you bail on a team by showing no effort and publicly hating it there, 
you don't make it up to them by trying extra hard on the new team. Doesn't help the Rockets. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I, I appreciate James Harden trying to be, you know, grow and be a better person. But the execution leaves a little bit to be desired. But I'm still, I'm Gonzaga on making the effort to being an adult. Let's see if, if when, whenever he does leave the Nets, if he works twice as hard for his next team. That's true. We'll That's true. Yeah, yeah. Let's stick with the Nets here. I am UCLA on Steve Nash's coaching ability. Okay. Uh, so we all know how it goes. He gets the job, uh, Katie and Kyrie on the Nets. Then he has Harden. So he's got Kyrie and Harden, two of the best ball handers in the NBA. Now they're the most desirable location for buyout players. And now, on top of all that, he's asking for Jesus Christ, too. The man with the nicest cross in the game. <laughs> Did you see this interview, Robbie? No. So <clears throat> this reporter is, is speaking to Steve Nash. Okay. And he's talking about the starting lineup, and he just keeps fumbling his words. He, he says the wrong name, I believe. And he just goes, Jesus, because he was all over the place. And Steve Nash jumps in and he's like, yeah, I think I'd start Jesus tonight, too, if I could. <laughs> just admitting that he needs that much help. But he knows. That he knows. He's aware of it. I, it's like, funny he's, he leans into it a little bit, which I appreciate. I do. I actually, I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he growled either yesterday or today, I, whenever that I, was. I, saw, I, I saw the, the clip, or I saw the, the – I got a Bleach Report notification, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't have the stomach for things that would make me uncomfortable. Like if I know they're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't have the it stomach. It was fine. It was just, so, okay. Yeah, he's, he's just buying in with the villain thing. I kind of like it. Okay. Good for you, Steve Nash. All right. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, well. speaking of me speaking of the Nets and then you mm-hmm. speaking of the Nets, I'm mm-hmm. going to speak of the Nets Ooh. because I want to talk about Kyrie Irving. And I okay. am – which way do I lean on this? Oh, I am UCLA on Kyrie Irving's family issues because I do not want to make light of joking about personal issues. I don't want to joke about people having serious issues, you know, with their family, with their mental health, the cousin, the missed time. So I, 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 am, I am off this. I, I hope Kyrie gets well, gets better, gets things taken care of. Because Kyrie Irving, this last week, missed a three-game Nets road trip. And it was announced on March 22nd that due to family issues, he would be out until the following Sunday. So Monday, March 22nd, this was announced. Coincidentally, his birthday was Tuesday, March 23rd, the day after it was announced. Which is a very unusual coincidence that I'm sure had nothing to do with him missing because <laughs> of undisclosed family issues. But I am glad that he got it sorted out and he is back with the team. He is back. Yes. And he came back against Timberwolves. Well, thanks, Kyrie. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Last one for me here. I am Gonzaga on Bradley Beal's Twitter name, which is Real Deal Beal. Okay. Okay. Because he was keeping it very real with his AAU team in a recent video that popped up on Twitter. And there's been a lot of talk about what AAU basketball is like. Um, a lot of people speak out against it, but what he's telling his team is basically what you're doing right now is not enough to make the NBA. And he's like, to make it the NBA, this is this is words. You motherfuckers have to guard me. And he goes, can't none of you motherfuckers guard me. In like a totally dead ass, hundred percent serious type of way. And I loved it because like that that's how it works. You know, there's let's say there's I don't know how good his AAU team is, but let's say there's twenty five. Five stars. Those dudes aren't all making the NBA, right? You have to work extremely hard. Yeah. And I and I love a an NBA player speaking to that and saying your potential and your talent aren't going to get you far enough. Like you have to check me. That that's how it works. I'm right. I'm the guy you're going to be playing against in the NBA, and right now you don't stand a chance. So I I love that. Good job, Bradley Beal. 
Yeah, that's an uh, interesting way to look at it. I, I just think it's hilarious that he's talking to these kids. Yes, it's so funny. Saying, you have to be able to guard me, and yes. I'm going to shit on you if we play. <laughs> and he's, like, not, didn't crack a single yeah, smile. Yeah, for like sure. He's, 100% he's all business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really funny. All right, so check my... Check that video out if you haven't seen it. Check yeah, it out. It's, yeah, yeah, It's actually a really good yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so my last one, I am huge Gonzaga. We've talked about this before. I am Gonzaga on the Twitter sleuths. And I'm going to extend that to the people on the internet that do deep dives. They go into the rabbit holes. They find the things we want to know. And they give it just the information. Okay? So a guy posted on Reddit. He said, I found the guy who sniped Myers Leonard. And there's a video. So we've talked about this a bunch. Myers Leonard got in trouble, hot water, for being killed while streaming a game of Call of Duty and saying an anti-Semitic slur. And this guy, Seth, I'm going to explain to you how, because he explains to us, I'm going to explain to you how he found the guy that killed Myers Leonard. And it was not because this guy came out and said, hey, I'm this guy. He went into the annals and dug up, you know, blew the dust off the record books and found what he needed to find, okay? So he starts by looking at the screenshot right before Myers Leonard got killed. And he's playing a game of Call of Duty Warzone, which is Battle Royale. So it's there's indicator on the screen how much how many people are alive. And so he, he took notes that Myers Leonard, at the, at the point where he died, he had seven kills. There were 23 teams and 64 players left alive. So because of this, this guy deduced that it was in a game of, of quads, so four-player te- four teams. The video circulated, he said the video circulated on March 9th. So what you can do is, is when, you ha- when you play Call of Duty online, you have what's called an Activision account. Activision is a company that makes Call of Duty. And this is separate from like an Xbox or PlayStation account. This is like, it tracks your Call of Duty progress, and it is public. So you can go look up, like, whatever, Ninja, whatever he's up to these days. He's playing Call of Duty. You can go look at how each, every single one of his games, how it goes. You can get the stats from it, right? So this guy, based on the time that the video was posted, how many kills, how many people were left, he went in, looked through all of the records of Myers Leonard playing Call of Duty, found all the four-player games, found a game where he had at least seven kills, and then went back and compared that to the VODs, the video recordings of other streamers that Myers Leonard was playing with. And he found the most recent game that he could find of Myers Leonard where he had seven kills, found the name of the guy online that had killed him. Because it shows who killed him. And it turns out he's a small Twitch streamer. So he found, not only did he find the person of the name, but he found the video of the guy killing Myers Leonard, which oh. caused him to utter a slur. And so he posted the link. So you can go watch the link of the guy ending Myers Leonard's career by oh killing him in Call of Duty. So that is so, that's so incredible. Good job, that, that guy. Yeah. That, <laughs> just that the fact that these guys on the internet just figured that out. Dug so deep. Yeah, it's a lot of time could, just scrolling yes. through things. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you could do like a side-by-side video of his stream and then Myers Leonard's stream. That's true. Yeah, you that'd could. Be great. You could. That would See be it happen like in real time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. All okay. right, but good. That's our, uh, I think that's our show, right? Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, congratulations again to Gonzaga and UCLA for making the and, Final Four. And Baylor and Gonzaga for playing in the championship. That's true. Oh, yeah, because so the next time we record, it'll, it'll already be have happened. It'll already, yeah, yeah, it'll already be over. So, yeah, congratulations to the champion. We got we to gotta say Gonzaga, right? Do we have to say anyone? Yeah, congratulations, congratulations to Gonzaga. To Baylor. Yeah. Congratulations to, ooh. Uh, Ooh. to Gonzaga, Ooh. winning by a score of 81 to 73. 
this could age really well. That's a that's a high scoring game. Gonzaga <laughs> was just on fire. Exactly. But yeah, we'll be back next week. Cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, what do the YouTube kids say? Like and subscribe. Um, yeah. Oh, no, we're on really... Twitter at Grace the Room. Yes. Has if, anybody if interacted could... with us yet? No, I need some interaction, guys. We're looking for a first. Get you, it'll get you on the show. We'll shut your, uh, your your comment <laughs> or question true. on the show. You can tell your friends you were featured on the show. <laughs> but seriously, if you can, uh, we like reviews. We like. Don't uh, say if you can. Don't be desperate. We don't need it. We, we don't need. need it. We have plenty. Review. Exactly. But if it happens, if you happen to click on it's it, it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. All right, Logan Martin. Did he get traded? I don't remember. Is he still around? Uh, I think it's Bayer candidate. Okay. Well, Watch out for his name, yeah. Logan Martin, play it out. I'm man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I speak about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear that, Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet to flush it. My last stance be a stance of general custard. I hard out because I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'ma keep the same grand whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'ma fight to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan calls my way, yeah, I can feel my rain
Yeah.